Genshin Cast, the weekly sports anime fan podcast. My name is Matt, and joining me today is a very special guest, Matt. Hey there. Alright, so as you can probably tell by the title, today we are reviewing Prince of Stride Alternative, the hit sports series from last year? It's a sports series from last year. It's a sports series. So... We knew we were doing this episode just kind of a fill in uh, our gap between uh, the new season and last season, the the new winter season. So we thought we'd cover a show that came out last year that we didn't get the chance to cover. So we kind of quickly marathoned it uh, this past week, and we just thought, you know, we'd like to share our opinion about it. Yeah, um, exactly. We didn't have much in the way of expectations going in i knew that it existed i had seen the promos come out when it first started i'd heard it was a little bit of a train wreck but i didn't know any details yeah exactly i had just heard that it was bad um so just a quick story here so i began watching the series and i saw the first five episodes of it and i immediately fell in love with it for all the wrong reasons. And I had to text Matt and be like, So Matt, have you watched this? Yeah. And I am so thrilled to find out that we both ended up roughly feeling the same way about it. Because this is one of those things where if one of us really like legitimately enjoyed it and the other did not, this could have been real awkward. <laughs> Yeah, no, that wasn't happening. Uh, clearly, our, our tastes are too similar. That we we enjoyed this immensely, um, but not because it succeeded. <laughs> <laughs> no, we did not enjoy this for any of the right reasons. This show, this this show is incredible. Um, just a just a quick summary here. So the story follows the character of uh, Nana Sakurai. She's a new girl to the high school of Honan, and they ha she joined this high school because of a because of they had this great stride team, a sport in which this world plays. Yeah, and we'll we'll get into that a little bit later. Their stride team has fallen on some hard times. They no longer have a lot of their key members on the team anymore, and they're barely just keeping it open. However, uh, with the advent of some new talent just entering the uh, the the school by the name of Riku Yugami you know he's a very high spirited very very active energetic guy who just wants to prove himself and uh Takeru Fujiwara a uh, a champion junior high player who just decided who transferred into the school for mysterious reasons yeah and from there we see the rebirth of the Honen Stride team and their adventures within they're trying to win the main tournament of the end of summer tournament. Yeah, it's it's effectively. Oh, I mean, we try to assume it's effectively the inter high for uh, stride in Japan. But I mean, I guess. Yeah, insofar as anything is explained in this show, <laughs> that's what we assume it is. Ugh. And so. Matt, why not, we've already kind of alluded to this already. Why don't you just uh, talk about your uh, takeaway from the series? Yeah, so we, we can, I guess, start with the conclusion and then, then dig into some of the details. Um, the The show is incredibly fun to watch. And this is the, the real weird dichotomy, is that the script and the character development and the pacing and the editing make almost no sense. <laughs> and there's there it's very poorly structured the logic is almost entirely absent and yet it's pretty consistently well animated um on some of the like the the action scenes the races they have are can be interesting to watch it it never feels like a slog to get through right it just feels like it's energetically unaware it's of what it should be doing yeah, exactly. This is a show. This is a show that desperately wants you to think it's cool. That it's that has this all this great deep inner meaning, and it's virtually devoid of anything. 
Well, yeah. I mean, it, it was clearly made in the wake of uh, shows like Free, where right. they were trying to capitalize on these cute boys doing sports together and having everyone pick their favorite archetype. Um, but it doesn't really succeed because all of the relationships of these characters are based well they're not based on anything you know there's not enough character development for you to buy into any of their relationships um and everything is so random so the, the more most important thing and uh we're, we're not really going to go through themes with this show because uh, prince of stride has almost nothing to say um <laughs> if we're being honest but we do have it, a lot of it questions thinks it has something to say right so we have we have a lot of questions about how the world of prince of stride works and the first, and I would say most important, is what is Stride? <laughs> um, because a good sports show will, even if it's a sport that exists in the real world, even if it's basketball, they'll break it down and tell you what all the positions are, how to play it well, what works, what doesn't, uh, because they're introducing the viewer and they don't know how familiar you are with it. Stride it... is a sport that does not exist in the real world. Right. And that and yet they never explain the rules or the positions or like the history of the sport or the strategy or anything about it it just happens yeah it just happens they keep talking about it as if though oh you should know this this is stride the biggest sport on the planet right now and it's like like you can kind of piece together what it is. It's effectively just a re- relay race that takes place, I guess, in the real world. Yeah, so it just uh, it like takes. When I say the real world, I mean in the sense of, like it, ha- it takes place in like the middle of the city. You're you're kind of running through alleyways. It's basically a sport created to take advantage of parkour. Right, but they never use the word parkour. Uh, no, no, parkour they doesn't never exist. Say that. And it's, a, it's much more regimented than parkour. Like, there, there are specific paths that you're allowed to run on, and they have some artificial and some natural obstacles that you have to get over. But mostly it's just sprinting. It's just, like, a re- relay sprinting through, like, a winding course in an urban area. Yeah. And what doesn't make any sense about this is that because it never st- establishes the rules... It never really, it, it never really quite, it can get away with making up things as it goes along. So, for example, like you mentioned before about how, you know, there are these set paths. Then all of a sudden you see characters who are just jumping off the path. Like, they're jumping off bridges onto lower paths. Yeah. And, uh, like, you know, in a, in a way, I think it makes sense because, you know, they're trying to find a shortcut through it. But they, but the series can kind of get away with this because it never really establishes... It, it, yeah, it doesn't it say, is that... rules as it goes. Right. Is that breaking a rule or not? I don't know. Um, right. Because they have this... Uh, the, the system, basically, how it works is that each team is made up of five runners and one... And this is the word they use. Relationer. <laughs> uh, who is sort of a coordinator because when each runner um, starts running, they they don't they uh, start running without being able to see the person who they have to slap right. hands with um, to basically connect their relay. So they have to have someone, this relationer, speaking into their earpiece to tell them when to start running so that they'll run into their teammate at exactly the right time and sort of meet at a T intersection. Right. And then they yeah, can there's also You have, like, this is never brought up again because it's never an issue again, but you have, like, a certain area that you can make this relation in because you can't... Because they only bring it up in the first episode. Yeah. Uh, and you... You can only do it in this first... Uh, you can only do it in this certain area. So that is kind of supposed to add some level of tension. It's like, oh, you know, do they break stride in order to uh, keep going forward? Or do they keep, or do they just keep hoping that their teammate will catch up with them? Stride could have actually been a really interesting sport. It feels like that there's a lot... There's a lot that could be interesting about it. But 
again, they just, they never explain it. Or there's this whole, they have this whole plot line with their big rival team, Galaxy Standard. Uh, where they are, they feel threatened by them because of how stylish they are. And it's like, oh, you know, they have great crowd appeal. Crowd appeal doesn't have anything to do with the sport. Well, yeah. I mean, that, and that's... It's, it's one of many things that makes no sense. So if we want to talk about Galaxy Standard. So this is sort of their friendly rival high school. Right. They're the team from Saisei High School. Okay, whatever. Um... And the uh, something the show sticks to throughout, keeps bringing up over and over, is that the Saisei High School stride team uh, are also all members of a, a boys' idol group called <laughs> Galaxy Standard, which is a totally normal name for a pop idol group. Um, and they go by Galstan, and so everyone calls them Galstan, and they are the eighth generation of Galstan. <laughs> Which is probably my favorite detail, um, because it just raises so many questions. The first right. one for me is, so if you're going to Saisei High School and you want to join the stride team, do you also have to be able to be an idol singer? <laughs> like, doesn't that limit how well, good you can like be? A, it's kind of like the main team, the, the Honen team, which is, so they have to establish this whole... Like, this is, I think, the excuse that they're trying to incorporate there is because because they have to section off parts of town. They have to get approval. They have to pay for the permits, etc., etc., that it that they need to have a corporate sponsor. So I guess Galstan is supposed to be the way in which they pay for everything because, you oh. know, they got this big pop idol group. And so, and I guess, but it's like, it's the same problem. It's like, so if you can't perform in Galstan, do you just not, are you just not allowed to join the team? Yeah, and, like, do you go specifically to that high school to be in a pop idol group? Like, is the pop <laughs> idol group primary or secondary? Are they just doing that to make money for their right. stride team? Uh, it's it's very, very unclear. And I can't imagine how they're, like, one of the four best schools in the country at stride if right. they also have to perform like, professionally right, they have to practice routines like if there's anything i've learned about pop idol culture in recent years it's like there is hellish training to get to like just the scheduling you have to maintain and also maintain your schoolwork. yeah it's a full-time job it's a full-time job and they also practice stride well yeah so let's talk briefly about the saisei stride training um <laughs> because at, at one point uh, they have the training camp from hell episode, and Honan uh, goes to Saisei to have a joint training camp um, at Saisei's training facility, which is a multi-story training facility, including an Olympic swimming pool, multiple basketball courts, <laughs> what appears to be a 50-seat lecture hall, um... <laughs> And, uh, there's six dudes in it. <laughs> it's, there's no other people. This doesn't appear to be utilized by the rest of their high school. Uh, like, it's just there even, for them. Yeah, how do they even pay for this? I realize that they're a pop idol group, but this is a skyscraper that they own for it. Yeah. They, like, how, it's, this is the main question, is that if Stride is so big that... The city can just permit to have a giant skyscraper set aside for this single team. How do they just not have more fields for it? Like, why don't they just establish courses, like build courses for Stride? Yeah, I know. It, it Somehow it seemed easier to have an artificial indoor course than to, like, run on a trail. Um, right. Like, it's literally the sport is sprinting and sometimes doing vaults, which is right. effectively track and field. And yet, no, they, they get their own training skyscraper, which is uh, a choice. <laughs> it's a choice. Um, I want to take it, take it back a minute, if we can, to the idea of relationers. Um, right. So this is something that's emphasized throughout the show. That So Nana is basically a non- character um she has no meaningful personality traits uh she's just there to 
support the boys right right um part of this is born out of the fact that the the show is based on an otome game or a dating sim game called right. prince of stride um in which the player I'm, I'm not sure whether you play as nana or you just play as like an avatar um and you're trying to decide which of the stride boys you're gonna date of course uh so that that bears out when they adapted it to an anime to have a personality free girl character who right. ha- who needs to establish all of these deep trusting relationships with all the boys. <laughs> um, the weird the weird thing about her introduction is that they uh, make it very clear that it's extremely strange for a girl to be a relationer. Yeah. Like, every single time they meet up with another team, it's like, what? You have a girl on your team? She's the relationer? Girls aren't generally relationers. Well, why the heck not? It's just about communicating with the other dudes. You're you're, you're playing the calm connection between them. You're not actually, like... Like, you know, you can make an argument whether or not it's fair for, you know, girls to not be allowed on the guy's track team, is what effectively this is. Yeah. But it's, uh... But she's just the comlink. Like, why is it so weird for girls to be on this team? And I think what you were, you kind of alluded to this to, to this before. This kind of comes from the fact that this is based off an Otome game. Because the way I'm seeing it is that the way the game is designed, it's not really meant... The fact that the character is a girl is less for the fact that there's, you know, this is something that's seriously trying to build a world here. It's to make the player feel special right it's because it's like you know you're the only girl amongst all of these hot boys yeah she's also like the only girl in the show well yeah (laughs) well outside of uh heath's sister yeah exactly who is the corporate sponsor of their team which was something i was trying to allude to before okay uh which was you know something i kind of wanted to bring up when we were talking about the galaxy standard thing and about you know why they're doing the pop idol thing and yeah, why, yeah, yeah. They, why they have to be models it's like there's kind of this weird implication throughout all of this it's like because these are all jobs that kind of rely on looks what they're basically saying is only hot guys do this sport yeah it is it, like, it's it's you... weird the, the many barriers to entry for stride <laughs> well because i mean and it's kind of weird because it's, what it's basically saying is if you're not hot you can't play the sport. Yeah. Well, at least uh, on Honan you can't. But realistically, right. that's true for every team. Because somehow Stride <laughs> is the most popular sport in Japan, so they all right. get like put on magazine covers. Despite the Honan team having just this crappy little cr- club room. Well, yeah, and that's, that's the confusing thing, too. Um, so, at the beginning, they established that, you know... Nana went to Honan because she saw, like, a YouTube video of the Honan stride (laughs) team uh, racing, and she thought that they had a perfect relation, Uh, which, again, those are the words they use. Um, Right. And she uh, shows up, and everyone's like, oh, does the stride team even exist anymore? I don't know. I've never heard of it. What are you talking about? What stride? This um, was like two years ago. It was one year ago. It was one year. Like the I... the stride team had this, so the, the, we might as well bring it up. They, um, a year before the events of the show start, uh, the Honan stride team suffers what is referred to as the KGB incident. <laughs> <laughs> they never explain what it actually stands for. The only it, I think it's supposed to stand for the Kuga the Kuga Berserk incident. Yeah. And I only know this because of th- they occasionally say that rather than KGB incident in the subtitled version. Yeah. And I was watching the dub and they did not specify it ever. <laughs> <laughs> um so so who's Kuga, Matt? So Kuga is a character he seems obsessed with the wind, and he is, he basically, he's very brooding, and he was, like, one of the original, like, legendary members of the team. Mm-hmm. But he still attends the school. Right. And so what happened in this past incident was that a relationer from their team got duped by a uh, by a bluff. 
which I'm not entirely sure how that works, but whatever. And he, uh, what happened was that Heath, who's another character who's already on the team, kind of twisted his ankle to prevent himself from running into Kuga or something like that. I don't quite understand. And what happened was the Relationer was trying to absolve his own guilt by putting the blame on Heath and Kuga for being like, what? Why did you guys just stop like that all of a sudden, huh? And another character by the name of Tomoe, who becomes important later on, Mentions like, well, that was your fault because we all could hear you talking on our mic. And uh, he basically is like, uh, shut up, Kuga and Tomoe. And in order to prove that Heath is faking being injured, he stomps on his heel, which only causes him to cry out in terrible agony. And then for some reason, the other students who are there just decide to try and rush and attack Heath. Yeah. And Kyosuke, or Kuga, jumps in and protects him, knocks him back by sort of spinning around. And apparently he takes the entire blame for this whole uh, brawl so as to prevent the Stride Club from being fully shut down. Yeah, so after that, everyone, all, all anyone hears is that um kiyosuke also known as kuga uh needlessly and randomly attacked heath uh injured him put him out for the rest of the season they had a fight and then everyone quits the stride club um and kiyosuke quits and uh, decides that he's no longer welcome in the sport of stride but then a year later, uh, they are missing a member because Ayumu gets injured in a super uninteresting way. And uh, all, all the members of Honen Stride come back and tell Kyosuke, even though you took this burden on yourself, we really want you back. And so then he comes back. Um, <laughs> which yeah, There's like no... It's like he didn't have to like do anything to get back on the team, despite the fact that... You know, I thought he was barred from it because of this random violent outburst he had. Yeah, no. Apparently that was just a self-imposed exile. He was totally allowed to join whenever he wanted. Uh, and Heath, who was the only person who knew the truth, just didn't ask him the whole time, even though Kuga totally uh, protected him and saved the club. They just sort of didn't talk about it for unexplained reasons, which is basically how the entire show goes. They do random stuff. They have big emotions for unexplained reasons. Um, this, uh, this real is quick, kind of go going ahead. along those lines, because I kind of want to bring up the KGB incident, because it kind of emphasizes a big problem with this show, which is how jumpy the editing is between scenes. Uh, there's, like, this incident... So, I had to rewatch that scene four times to fully understand what actually happened during it. Because what happens is when Heath gets his ankle stomped in by the other guy, there's no cut to show, or there's no shot to show that this guy is actually stomping on his ankle. What happens is you get a shot of his face, a stomping foot, Heath crying out in agony, and then Kyosuke, like, looking stunned and going, what? Like, he has kind of this expression on his face, like, what did I just do? Right. Especially because it looks like his foot is, like, right there on Heath's ankle. Yeah. So it it feels like, it's like, wait, so did Kuga stomp on his ankle? But no, like, rewatching it a couple times, I finally was able to figure out, no, wait, it was this guy who did it. And the series has this weird tendency to not show any proper connection between different shots mm -hmm. uh and it, it gives it this really weird awkward disjointed feel a lot of times like ironically in a show that's all about relations there's like no relation between anything that happens there's like this other scene that happens where it's like in the second episode when they're meeting Galaxy Stan, when uh, Fujiwara is talking to, I think it's a Reiji? Yes. Uh, uh, and he's there's this very slow, deliberate close-up of, Kyo or of uh, not Kiyosuke, of Fujiwara taking the phone from his hand. And then the next shot is just them leaving. 
And it's really jumpy and weird. Like, the series doesn't want to give you any context for what's happening. Yeah, the it, it's a consistent issue where the show wants to pretend like you you ought to know so they under animate and they right. just throw random crap together and then they act as if you'd be stupid not to understand <laughs> what's going on i mean that's sort of how you yeah, get exactly into, that's how you get into the whole stride thing in the first place is that everything is treated as if the viewer totally understands what's going on but you have no reason to um, yeah, I, I want to move on if we can to uh, Nana's dad. Oh, um, please! So this is just it's it's a relatively small note in terms of the the scope of the show, but it illustrates a lot of how poorly constructed it is. Um, so Nana, it's it's established early on, does not live with her parents. Um, she discusses how her, her dad works overseas, uh, but then in one episode she finds out that her dad is moving back to Japan, and she's very excited, and she can't wait to see him. Uh, and then they go on a trip to uh, do a stride event, um, and she runs into, guess who? Her dad. Because it turns <laughs> out her dad is the founder of Stride. He's literally the person who created the Stride League in Japan. Um, the father of Stride, or the king of Stride, I'm sorry, is his is his title. And uh, he moved back to Japan to work with this elite Stride high school. Um, and when Nana is confronted about this, she says... She doesn't know! Yeah. So she says, well... I never knew that my dad worked in Stride. We never really talked about work before. <laughs> and like, one, how you're 15, 16 years old and your dad's job never came up. He never mentioned that he created Japanese Stride. And he's like, no, we just right? didn't talk about it. And then later on, they cut to a flashback of uh when nana's father first moved overseas and it shows him and her at a stride event and he leans over and he tells her nana you're gonna be at a lot of stride events because this is my job so <laughs> she literally has a memory of being told that her father worked for stride and then she also said i was never told that my father worked for stride <laughs> I mean, I think the idea was that she didn't know that he was this prominent in it. I don't know, though, because the series kind of established... It's, it, the funny thing is, it's actually pretty consistent with her character that she's very forgetful. Because there's another incredibly important section of the series where we discover that the character Fujiwara... The entire reason he goes to Honen, the entire reason he is into Stride, is the fact that he had this one random race with Nana and Riku that's never established how this even came about, but apparently they were childhood friends, and they all promised to go to Honen together for reasons, and then practice Stride, or play Stride together on the team. And what's the explanation for why Riku and Nana didn't even recognize their childhood friend? They forgot. Yeah, exactly. The So they, they have this whatever singular day. I think it's just supposed to all happen in one day where they all do a race together in unknown circumstances. And then they go to the beach together and promise to go to Honan together uh, because it's the best stride team in Tokyo. Okay, great. Uh, what bothers me with that is that so Takeru, uh, well, so Takeru, Takeru remembers, and he trains for the next seven years to be good enough to compete with them at Honan. Uh, and Riku and Nana promptly forget that it ever happened, uh, and they just happen to go to Honan anyway. And Fuji 
Mora never mentions that he knows them. Yeah, exactly. It never it, it it doesn't come up. He never mentions it. They both have this memory spring back to them in like episode eleven. Oh yeah, we have met before, uh, but he never brings it up. Um, what? I just it, I just have this memory. I just have this image of him just training diligently, constantly thinking of his friends, like. This entire arc and journey he has in junior high about how he's finally going to be able to be play on the same level as his friends. And then he gets there and, like, he, they see him and he's like, he's about to mention who he is. And then he's like, oh, uh, never mind. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and yet at the end of the show, he says, thank you, Nana and Riku. I was only able to succeed because you welcomed me. Like, you know, because as kids they, like, hung out on a beach one time, um, and then forgot about him. <laughs> like, that's the thing that he's grateful for? Like, he should be pissed. I would be, I would just, I just would quit the stride club right there. I wouldn't even bother with it. I know, I love it. Um... So I want to go through just really. I think I think we hit a lot of the, the high notes. I want to uh, just fly through a couple other questions that that we put down, and then move on to some some memorable scenes from the show. Sure um, so uh, as the sponsor, Heath's older sister has them do modeling, like we mentioned, but uh, she forces Hosumi to dress up like a girl, even though Nana's a girl and standing right there, she just doesn't. <laughs> Have Nana participate? Because I don't know. I think you you can see her a couple of times in different costumes. So I guess the implication is that she does... She does dress her up still. Yeah, but Hozumi's a prettier girl than Nana. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, I guess it makes sense at first before Nana joined the team. Because, you know, you, need, uh, you, know, you don't have yeah. anybody else who can do it. But why keep doing it? Yeah. Alright, so that's one. Um... So there's there's this ongoing plot point where uh, Riku's older brother Tomoe used to be on the Honan Stride Club, but he left because he wanted to pursue Stride and be the best in the world by himself. Um, and everyone knows this, and it yet never they never mentions it to Riku. Exactly. Yeah, they never bring it up, and they, he just has to realize it later. But never goes like, "Why didn't you mention that my brother <laughs> did this with you?" Uh, I don't know that that that's sort of taking a little bit. Uh, I, I don't understand either because they establish later on in the series that Riku has this whole thing about how he doesn't want to join the Stride Club in the very first episode, but yet he does, <clears throat> and so and they kind of hint at it because you know he tries not to join, and you find out oh later on, why does he go along with it in the first place then? Yeah, they he just gets bullied into joining and then decides it's fun. But then later in the series, remembers that, you know, Stride isn't fun because he's still freaked out by his older brother being better than him. And he sees a lot of that in Takaru, but it's never really established. Um, all right, so another thing, there's an ongoing question of with the Relationers. So they are able to see, like, extremely precise GPS right. movements of all their runners on a computer layout of the course, but it's just like on a tablet. Uh, so there's no setup. They're just holding a tablet and seeing precise movements of all their runners on the stride course. But they never explain what that system is or how they're getting this data or what the communication method is. Literally, they just have a tablet and a headset and all the runners have earpieces and they're like, eh, good enough. This is this is as much explanation as anyone needs. But it's not, because that's a system right. that doesn't exist in the real world, and they never even mention what it's it like, is. I can almost buy the positioning. I just don't understand how they have such a precise view of the entire field. Well, yeah, exactly. It's like a computer-generated course, but it's just for a random city. And th this includes, they had an entire computer-generated course... For the first race they did, which was inside the high school. Like, right. how, where did that map come from? Who built it? <laughs> um, Alright, so there, there's another fact uh, <laughs> question. I just want to keep these moving. Where um, Ayumu, who's sort of the sixth runner who do doesn't end up 
being on the main team. He is actually a member of the Shogi Club, but he was only on the Stride Club because they needed more members in order to exist. Um, and they tricked Ayumu into getting into shape by telling him that he was going to be the world's fastest Shogi player. And my question is, did he believe them? And like, like, because I mean, that's not a if thing. If he's a big Shogi player, then why would that? Why would that even? Like, trick him in the first place. Yeah, why would that register as an argument? Um, and uh, so here's another one. Uh, at one point, Galaxy Standard says that they're going to have a concert in Kobe because there's some protein powder that they sell in Kobe that they want to buy, which implies that the internet doesn't exist, so they can't <laughs> buy things from other places in Japan without going in person. <laughs> I guess, okay, so that's actually something I can slightly understand, because in Japan, they do have, like, regional exclusives, hmm. uh, where, like, you wouldn't, uh, they, they purposely, like, put out items that you can only buy in certain districts or certain, like, regions, but that's a real weird thing to just make a regional exclusive. Yeah. Uh, like, that's something you do for, like, just, like, merchandise, like, keychains or, like, t-shirts or something like that. Yeah. You don't do that with, like, a nutritional item. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, the last thing I wanted to bring up is just the, the tournament structure, right? So we have this weird tournament, which we referred to as the, the inter-high, but it's not totally clear what it is. It's, it's called the right. end of summer, which I think is just a name because it looks cool. <coughs> right. Um I actually, I actually have a little bit to say on that, but okay. keep going. I'll talk about that later. Yeah, so all, all we know is that any high school can enter the end-of-summer trials and basically compete in a group stage, and then there's a bracket of unknown quantity where you compete to, to uh, get to the finals. But every race is one-on-one, um, -on -one, these are taking place all over Japan where they shut what? down city streets in order to have random high schools run against each other. Uh, but it's never clarified, like, what the organization is for this or how many right. schools participate or why they're able to shut down city streets all over Japan for random high schools. Um, and it's, anyway, what, what did you want to say on this? I think it's. I think the whole end of summer thing is supposed to be a very ham-fisted metaphor for. It, uh, in Japan, there is this uh, this trope of the uh, the wistful like ending of summer because it's kind of the last chance that high school students have to sort of relax and have their own free time before they have to go to back to school. You know, it's something similar that we have in the United States. The difference is that in uh, for in Japan, in high school, they put a lot more value on your high school years. Whereas in the U.S., we kind of put that more on our college years. Because high school is kind of when you try and define yourself. So a lot of times in Japanese media, they'll use the end of summer as, a, uh, as sort of this transitional period for their coming of age, almost. Because, you know, they're... They're finally ending their youthful days and they're going to be joining, they're going to be re-entering the workforce or they're going to be training to finally, like, pursue their dreams or find their find their path in life. And I think that's what this is trying to do. They're turning a giant, it's a very not subtle metaphor for that whole, like, coming of age tale. Yeah, they're running into adulthood. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> um, all right, so do you want to discuss some of the uh, memorable scenes and quotes from oh, uh, Prince of please. Stride? Uh, please. All right, so the the first one I wanted to bring up was from their first race against Saisei. Um, and so, uh, like, like I mentioned, Saisei is also known as Galaxy Standard, eventually become their, like, friend-slash-rival school. And this is the right. first race, it's sort of an exhibition match, so uh, it doesn't really count for anything, and that's why, you know, Honan is allowed to lose. But they're first working together as a team, and they sprint to the end, and they almost win, uh, but they're not quite able to do it. They end up losing by 0 0.4 seconds. 
<laughs> and after this, the 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 captain of Saisei slash the, the the best boy of Galaxy Standard says, "Huh, they have a lot to do before they can contend." <laughs> You beat them by less than half a second, and you're being completely patronizing about how they can't even keep up with you? Now, what's amazing about that as well is that they employ... So, the reason why they even lose in the first place is that the character Ayumu kind of loses heart partway through the race. And he kind of starts to just sort of go into a jog, and he loses about four seconds for the team. This is a character who like unarguably lost them the race because if it wasn't for him they like they only lost by point by point four seconds if it wasn't for him they would have won and there's a scene afterwards where he's like hey guys i'm really sorry i lost you guys the race and then their coach brings up the fact that no no you didn't see look you did fine you actually had one of the best times of this race what? Yeah, it, it, like how? Yeah, he also like was afraid to do a vault, so he just ran around all the obstacles. Anyway, anyway, um, yeah. Uh, real quick, I one I wanted to bring up, of course, was uh, so there's a scene where they're in an airplane and they're flying out to uh, where are they flying they're, to again? They're going to Hokkaido. Hokkaido. It's right. for the time trial. Right. It's for the time trial, and. The character Nana is sitting next to a man on the seat, uh, like who's sitting next to her, and she offers him a rice ball and then asks him, "Are you attending end of summer?" To a complete stranger, <laughs> she has no idea who this guy is. <laughs> Why would you even assume that Hokkaido is a Hokkaido is a big region of Japan? <laughs> yeah. Um, there's there's one I like where they they have a a race. It's one of their first races that actually counts for anything. Right. Um, and Nana has to learn the lesson about, you know, how to be an advanced relationer. And the uh, her opponent is an expert at bluffing. So he keeps right. giving false signals that throw her off her game. And he does this several times. And she gets very confused as to what she's doing wrong and why she's giving bad instructions. Uh, and halfway through the race, uh, the other relationer leans over and says, Just so you know, I'm bluffing. <laughs> like, why? That's a terrible bluff. Like, your whole thing is that you're good at bluffing. And then halfway through the race, you tell her, I just want you to know that I'm bluffing. Well, it's funny, too, because this character has been established as being incredibly sadistic. Um, he's the evil relationer no, who no, only cares Matt, about That's a different winning. character. Oh, that is? Oh, my bad. No, this this is the relationer who they don't listen to because he's his brother said he was so bad at stride you probably forgot that team existed because they were not memorable at all oh yeah no that's true i did uh but that's okay um, okay the the evil relationer comes up in the episode after that uh where she so nana has another discussion about what it means to be a great relationer and she's she's talking to her opponent and she says it's my goal to connect with my athletes on an emotional level. And her opponent says, well, that's creepy. <laughs> because it is kind of a little creepy. Like, you're just there to tell them when to start running. Um, right. But they have to write this character as being so over-the-top, like, evil and wrong, like, to beat you into the head. No, this guy only cares about winning and losing. And he has this... In this moment of breakdown of his team, where, like, they cannot stand up to that team, he calls out, I'm the relationer! You morons can't even run unless I tell you to! Which, like, not true. Right. <laughs> they can. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, how... Just, how over the top can you be about these about this team? About just how, like, how evil they are for just wanting to win. Yeah. Alright, do you, do you have any other ones you want to point out? Uh, one of my favorite ones, it, I don't even remember the context for this. It's an early one. It's slow relations are pointless. And I just love the brazenness of that line. And how just completely pandering it is almost to fangirls. Yeah. 
the uh, there's a lot of funny lines through the show about that that highlight the word relations because for some reason they need to sp- they use the word relations to describe literally slapping hands to initiate the next leg of the relay. Just call it a relay. Yeah, exactly. Just a handoff, whatever. Um, but no, they have to call it a relation. Um, so they have a lot of awkward phrasings around this where like Nana will ask, oh. Riku, how are you, you know, feeling about your relation with Takeru? <laughs> um, which, you know, how can you not read that as like, oh, those boys and their relations? Or my, my favorite being, Riku, you need to watch Takeru practice relations with other teammates. <laughs> which, like, are they just desperately hoping that someone's gonna make a doujinshi about this? Oh, God, like, absolutely no no way that that's not what they're going for. I just, and not only do they do it with, like, relation, they always have to say connection and emotion. Right. Like, the best one, I think, is from Kohinata. Uh, and he's, this is, I think this is during the race during the evil team, where he ha- where he just cries out in his head, I have to connect this emotion I received from Kuga. What emotion are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> I want to win, because that's, like, not a unique emotion. Not only that, but that's, like, isn't that the problem? Is that this other team only cares about winning? Yeah, I don't I don't know which emotions they have. Uh, it's very <laughs> unclear. They talk about their emotions a lot, but they're very unclear as to what their emotions are and why they have all of them. Um... Yeah, there, there's there's so there's there's literally too much great material in this show for us to go over at all. I just want to do a couple more and then we'll we'll wrap right. up. Um, I just I love how every episode begins uh, with its opening, which is the line: "These values are too narrow. The deterministic future is nothing." Like that is the most pretentious, edgy way I could ever possibly think of saying. We fight, we choose our own fate. Yeah, exactly. Which like, is already an incredible, incredibly pretentious line to begin with. Yeah, but to sing that about this stupid... Show about running a relay! Exactly. Like, it, it's so so overblown, but it definitely matches the tone of the show in, like, overblown and based in nothing. Um, right. The, uh... What, <laughs> I, think, I think one of my favorite lines is uh so nana's father's is talking to her about honan and how how she's staying at honan even though it's an inferior school or whatever and he says you know there was a time when honan had an ideal team but now they have different members um literally the only member that left was tomoe all the (laughs) all the other members of the ideal team are still there because he's just talking about you know kuga and heath that's the uh, that's two-thirds of the ideal team and you're being all snide and looking down your nose at them uh so they basically everything involving nana's father makes no sense whatsoever right um yeah go ahead i i i just just one line that completely sums up the entire show okay which is the line I don't care. I just do the best with my teammates. From Fujiwara, at the near the beginning of the series, where he doesn't talk to anybody. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they have this ongoing thing where Fujiwara and uh, Kyosuke are always talking about how much they love fighting for their friends. Um, but, yeah, so Takeru Fujiwara, like, he doesn't have any friends. He doesn't talk to anyone. No one really likes him that much, but he's devoted to fighting for his friends because they hung out one time when they were seven. Kyosuke's two friends from before uh, betrayed him and threw him under the bus and got him kicked out of the club. And all the other kids are like freshmen and strangers. So Right. Uh, so no, none of their emotions make any sense. Um, yeah. So do you think this show accomplishes anything, Matt? Uh, it is immensely entertaining i honestly feel like we could we need to wrap up here soon we could go on for another hour yeah no the i was i was absolutely shocked 
by how much fun I had with this. I would have wow. had fun by myself. I'm glad I had someone else to talk about it, though. And I'm glad we have a an outlet to express this. Yeah, I mean, I think it has gotten a bad rap because it's a bad show but it's oh, it's it is terrible it, but it's a really good bad show <laughs> and it needs to be enjoyed widely right. um so who who um, would you recommend this to do you think so with days i recommended it to people who do like bad anime nights or you know want yeah. a fun show to talk about with their friends no forget about days days is worthless and awful it's a slog to work through this is the show you watch for that yeah this is the perfect bad anime that people will enjoy watching um i i would yeah so i would recommend it to anyone who has some understanding of you know sports anime tropes um has some appreciation for anime in general you know like you need you need to have seen some good anime to realize why bad anime is funny right Um, but beyond that, I would recommend it very widely. I think this is hilarious. The dub, for what it's worth, I, I watched the dub. It's not a badly made dub. Like, right. nothing's grating about it. They kind of, I think partway through, they realized that they couldn't take this show seriously. So it's <laughs> it's played pretty comedically and all the characters are sort of <clears throat> extreme. And it's actually pretty fun to watch. That's fair. I, I watched the sub. The sub... Uh... It helps you understand a couple of things and also makes a few other things not make any sense. I didn't even talk about the biggest, my biggest confusing moment of the show. And I'll just leave that a mystery to people. Yeah, there's basically the the issue with this and it's, the dub clarifies the script a little bit, but there's a lot of weird uh, language jokes that only make sense in Japanese and quite possibly not even then. Um, that the show is very bad at delivering and cannot clarify. Um, so sometimes the dub script will just ignore the joke and pretend like it didn't happen um, because <laughs> it makes no sense. Um, and sometimes they'll just say it and then just try to try to get past it and not acknowledge it if they can help it. Um, but yeah, um, o- overall, we, we, we can just say this is an amazing show. I, I just I want to become the Prince of Stride podcast now. I, I know we can't, but... I know. This, I really wish we had watched this week to week because I feel oh, like it deserves all of the time we could give it. We needed to have, we needed to go through this episode by episode. And I just want to, th- we're probably going to wrap it up here now. I just want to say anybody who listened to all of this, we appreciate it. We had a lot of fun here today. I thank you as always for joining me today, Matt. Yeah, thank you. It was a, it was a great time. And to, to anyone listening, please, please watch Prince of Stride. <laughs> We don't want to be the only ones, <laughs> you know. Oh, please just get down, get the Funimation app and and listen to it or watch it. Yeah, it's worth it. All right, Matt. Well, would you please hit the credits? It's my pleasure as always. Our logo design is by James Ratcliffe. The theme music is "Fly High" by Burnout Syndromes, covered and performed by Luke Bartka. You can follow Koshiancast on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and our email is koshiancast at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We will be back next week with the best and worst from the world of sports anime, and until then, keep training.